if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We get rolling now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 14th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord 2020. We are loaded up today. To be quite frank, we have uh, very little time for phone calls. So settle in, uh, get your cup of coffee and put your feet up and just listen, because we do have a lot of important things that we are going to cover today. If and when the time comes that I do say, hey, we have an open segment here, dial quickly to 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. We'll have them. It's just I don't know when they're going to be uh, because we do have three guests who are coming up on the program starting in about a half an hour at 935, a little less than a half an hour, an hour rather, uh, as we talk to State Representative John Becker. John Becker has been a very vocal critic, as has Bill Seitz and other Republicans in the Ohio House of Representatives. Of uh, Governor Acton and her assistant, uh, Mike DeWine's uh, decisions as it pertains to the lockdown in the state of Ohio. Now, I know things are very slowly, and I mean really, really slowly, starting to reopen under great pressure from people like Becker and Seitz and Keller and many others, Vitaly. Uh, they are slowly starting to reopen in Ohio, but I have absolutely, absolutely zero faith, zero faith in Governor Acton. Uh, the walking lab coat, and her assistant, Mike DeWine, in keeping this state open because there is going to be a spike, probably, uh, however moderate it may be, but it is going to lead to them saying, see, we have to, we had, we had, we had a death. We had another death in the state of Ohio and, and we've reopened. So clearly we have to close back down again so that we don't have any more deaths. They have changed the rules from flatten the curve to find the cure. We will stay in a modified lockdown, if not a full lockdown, until we find a cure. That is essentially what is being done. They're playing a shell game with us, and uh, it cannot be allowed to happen. So anyway, John Becker will be joining us coming up at uh, 9.35. At the top of the second hour of the program, Dr. Everett Piper for his regular Thursday analysis and wisdom. And then at uh, 10.35, we're going to talk to Catherine Albrecht, who founded True the Vote in Texas. She's going to be the next guest of the Red Green Access uh, Exposed webinar. And uh, so she will be joining me with Jim Simpson, who will, of course, host that event coming up on Sunday. So uh, looking forward to those conversations today. Becker, Piper, and uh, Albrecht with Simpson coming up on the program. Uh, I want to start this 
by, by ticking off all of Ohio's Republican leadership. And that includes people for whom I have a great deal of respect, quite frankly. That includes people like uh, Cuyahoga County uh, uh, Republican Party Chairman Rob Frost, who I know hates when I do this. It, it includes um, uh, leadership all the way you know, down to Columbus, uh, quite frankly. Um, and I, I, I don't care. I'm tired of these games. I, lo- I really do. I really like and respect a lot of these people. Uh, Jane Timken, uh, chair of the ORP, uh, sorry, sorry, your party, our party, if you will, and I wonder if I want to stay associated in that regard or if I just want to be an independent conservative, but our party is, is letting us down. Our party, led in some ways by Governor Mike DeWine, who has re- been relegated essentially to the role of assistant to Dr. Amy Labcoat. Um, Mike DeWine is supposed to be a Republican. There are a host of Republicans in the United, or excuse me, in the Ohio State Senate, and they are all acting like liberal Democrats. And I am, I for one am disgusted. I was disgusted when I found this out yesterday, and I want to share that disgust with you now, but I will follow it up, thankfully, with a little bit of hope and a little bit of optimism. First, the disgust. You know that the House of Representatives, the uh, Ohio House of Representatives, passed a bill last week that would essentially restrict the powers of the Ohio Department of Health director, and in this case it's uh, the mumbling lab code Amy Acton. It would restrict her powers from being all authoritative. In other words, what I say goes and it becomes law. And in fact, enforced by police, it's martial law in in a manner of speaking. Uh, to advisory. She can issue advisories in the case of a, of an epidemic or a pandemic, and she can advise people to do things such as shelter in place, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, but she would not have the power to unilaterally close businesses and shut down uh, Ohio's economy, that sort of thing. The, she would be able to do such a, such a thing in an advisory role. And then if she did issue such advisement, and if it was followed, and she wanted to continue such guidance... After 14 days, she would have to then get the approval of a bipartisan committee of the Ohio General Assembly. This is a very good bill, sub-Senate Bill 1, and it was passed by the Ohio House. And a lot of people took some encouragement from that. I did. Talked about it on the air. But I also took a little bit of, um, rather than encouragement, I got a little bit um, nervous because I, I talked to some members of the Ohio House who told me a little bit about the members of the Ohio Senate, including the Republicans who didn't have an appetite to take this up, I was told. And I said, why? And they said, because too many of them are actually coming up against term limits in the near future, and they're looking for appointments, political appointments, perhaps judicial appointments, by the governor. So they're not going to cross the governor in revoking or restricting uh, Amy Acton's powers. And by the way, this isn't just about Amy Acton. It is because of the moment, but this would be going forward as well. The Ohio Director of Health, Director of the Department of Health, would have these you know, um, uh, restrictions, if you will, or these limitations placed upon their power going forward. So this isn't just about the lab coat. It's just how it is right now. So um, they didn't want to cross Mike DeWine. 
And I said, well, let's see. Maybe they'll grow a spine here, and maybe they'll surprise us. So let's let's push this thing into the Senate, and let's 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 get them on the record, right? Let's get all of the members of the United States, or excuse me, of the Ohio Senate on the record, casting a vote either for or against the restriction of the uh, Director of Health's power, so that the representatives of the people of Ohio in the General Assembly can have a say in whether or not their economy is shuttered. And have a say in how decisions are made with respect to the balance between livelihoods and lives, all of which are equally important. So that's, you know, that's what the little hope that we had. Well, if you did not realize this, let me tell you what happened. Late Tuesday night, the Ohio Senate president, Republican Larry Obhoff stabbed every Ohio Republican uh, representative and thus their constituents in the back by unilaterally ruling that the Ohio State Senate would not even take up Senate Bill 1, which was passed by the Ohio House, sub-Senate Bill 1, in an effort to provide some representation for the people of Ohio and how we're treated by DeWine and the walking lab coat. In other words... Senate President Larry Obhoff acted to not allow the people to have representation in the unilateral decisions being made by the executive branch. Then he acted to deny Senate representatives their right to even represent us in his own chamber by casting a vote. It's a non-voting session. That means that, that Obhoff can do this unilaterally. Unilaterally. Larry Obhoff stabbed his colleagues in the Senate and all Ohio representatives in the House that voted for Senate Bill 1 to give the people a say here in what is done to them or for them to fight back against what many are calling medical tyranny. He stabbed everybody in the back by not even allowing a vote. And the reason why is he didn't want his fellow Republicans who were going to vote against it to have to go on the record saying, we support medical tyranny. We support the ongoing house arrest. We, we support giving powers to an unelected bureaucrat, appointed health director by Mike DeWine. I just want you to ponder that. So this is the state, uh, the state Senate president, Larry Obhoff, who's a Republican, supposedly a principled conservative, he would tell you who simply abdicated his responsibility to his constituents and to the other members of the Senate, all of them, Republican and Democrat alike, by not even allowing a vote on this particular bill. It is simply inconceivable, it's unimaginable, and most importantly, it is unforgivable. And I am just about ready to tell the Ohio Republican Party where to uh, where to take their next request for interviews, for airtime, and for campaign contributions. If they're not going to represent us, do not pretend to come on the air and act as though you are for us. And I want every member of the ORP, the Ohio Republican Party, to take this message, and I hope other media outlets do the same. I will not give them airtime when they request it, because we get this from time to time when there are certain things that they want to push and support. Hey, would you like to have Chair, Chairwoman Timken on? And I say, sure, let's talk about what it is going on. I do it all the time. 
unless she comes out publicly and unless other Republican leadership in the state of Ohio, in particular here in Northeast Ohio, where, where our reach goes, unless they come out publicly condemning uh, State Senate President Larry Obhoff for acting like a liberal Democrat and not allowing a vote, this is such a liberal Democrat move. This is such a swamp move because Obhoff, some would suggest, is angling, as I mentioned before, as many other term-limited Republicans are, for uh, um, governmental appointments by Mike DeWine. He's coming. He's not going to retire when he's term limited. He's going to want a judicial appointment. And how do you get that? You get it from the governor. How do you get that? Not by ticking him off and voting to restrict his and his lab coat's powers. So until the ORP and every other prominent Republican comes out and condemns Larry Obhoff for this cowardly move, then quite frankly, I'm done supporting the Ohio Republican Party. I will support the people. We voted for this majority. We voted to keep Ohio red at the state level. And, of course, we did it in November of 2016 at the federal level when we elected President Trump. But we supported this party and gave them essentially, I want to say, maybe too broad of a mandate. And now they are using their mandate, using their power to stab us in the back, to not give us representation. This virus, this highly contagious virus, but very, very low mortality rate virus, is keeping everybody on lockdown and costing Ohioans billions of dollars. Nationally, by the way, if you didn't hear the number this morning at 8.30, it was announced another 3 million Americans filed for unemployment last week alone, bringing the total to 35 million Americans. We'll get Ohio's share of that shortly, but we were up to 1.3 million Ohioans who had filed for unemployment in the last seven weeks. So that number is certainly going up. Multiply that number times three and add it to the number so that you can truly represent the average family of four. And you're talking at roughly 120, 125 million people in this country. Out of 330 million, almost half of them are going to be facing poverty at some level because of unemployment caused by decisions made by governors like the walking lab coat and her assistant like DeWine. And yes, I'm mocking. And yes, I or no, I am not going to apologize for mocking because this is what is happening. Governor DeWine is not standing up for us. The the Ohio House Republicans tried to stand up for us. He threatened to veto that attempt. And then the Senate refused to even take it up because of Larry Obhoff. Now that's the bad news. There is, however, a reason for hope. There is a reason for you know for some uh, uh, prospect of you know or some possibility of re- of recourse here that we might have a recourse that we might have thanks to a couple of other prominent Ohio Republicans. So just as I tear down those who deserve to be torn down, I will offer praise and support for those who deserve praise and support. And I'll do it right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 926. Uh, two things I want to do here. One is 
ask you to bombard Larry Abhoff. Express your disgust, if not just your displeasure and your disapproval of his decision to not allow the state Senate to take up Senate Bill 1, which is extraordinarily important. Call his office, Larry Abhoff, 614-466-7505. Bombard him. Let him know this will not stand. That's number one. Number two, the good news that I promised you. Two state senators, both Republicans, so they are exempt from my aforementioned criticism of state Republicans, because I am talking about leadership, not obviously every member. But State Senators Christina Rogner and, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, and Rob McCauley, today or yesterday actually, announced introduction of a, do, a new Senate bill, Senate Bill 311, which is legislation that would immediately end the shutdown of the state. It is similar in language to the Senate Bill 1 uh, that passed the House last week that was not allowed to be voted upon by Obhoff and his tyrannical, in my opinion, uh, unilateral decision during a non-voting session. So essentially they are defying the, the, the Senate President Larry Obhoff. Like Senate Bill 1, this legislation establishes common-sense limitations to the Director of Health's discretion to issue orders such as stay-at-home or stay-safe directives using crises or during crises like the COVID-19 pandemic. While current law prevents, I beg your pardon, while current law prescribes no limit to the length of such directives, the amendment caps the duration at 14 days. If necessary to protect the public safety, the Director of Health can request that the legislature, through the Joint Committee on Agency Rule Review, JCAR to extend the, or, the order as needed. Senate Bill 311 takes the additional steps of opening Ohio now. The bill strengthens the language that was adopted by the House by requiring that the governor personally sign any such order restricting the freedom of Ohio businesses and families for purposes of a health emergency. Because uh, right now only the uh, mumbling lab coat signs it. Uh, additionally, the bill ensures that local input will be considered by JCAR when reviewing, when reviewing an extension of a stay-at-home or business closure order. The bill further improves on the House language by bidding, or by adding, oh, I can't read this morning, apologies, by adding an emergency clause ensuring that it will go into effect upon passage rather than, uh, than after 90 days. Beyond the provisions added by the House to the Senate bill, uh, to uh, Senate Bill 1, The legislation takes the additional steps of opening Ohio now. The bill rescinds any existing order by closing or any existing order closing state businesses and directing Ohioans to stay at home directly upon passage. Additionally, it enables local school districts in consultation with local health experts. Imagine that. Somebody else is a health expert in the state of Ohio besides the lab coat? You mean local counties, boards of health actually get a say here? Yes to determine whether or not in-person graduations can be safely conducted on a case-by-case manner that is tailored to the individual circumstances of each district rather than a one-size-fits-all statewide basis. So, bottom line here is two senators have stepped up. Two Ohio Republican senators have stepped up in support of Ohio's Senate Republicans, the vast majority of whom were responsible for the passage of Senate Bill 1, and in direct opposition to Republican Senate President Larry Abhoff, saying this is ridiculous, we want our constituents to have a say. We want our constituents through their representation in Columbus 
in the General Assembly to have a say in what is done to them and to their businesses and to their employment prospects and to their family's ability to take care of themselves all in the name of the quote-unquote medical emergency that some would describe right now as medical tyranny. So that's the good news. The bad news is Larry Obhoff sold everybody out. The good news is two senators have said, okay, you only said that we cannot take up a vote on Senate Bill 1. Well, we'd like to introduce Senate Bill 311, which does very much the same thing as Senate Bill 1, and then some. So that's the good news. We're going to talk about all of this with State Representative John Becker, who will join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-six. Now we continue on a fourteen twenty. The answer. I hope I served notice to Ohio uh, Republican leaders in Columbus. If I did not, with that open, then I will have to repeat it again and again and again. I will also encourage you to find our webpage, which is whkradio.com. Click through to the podcast page for this show, and when it is posted at the end of the hour, make sure that you share it on social media with every Ohio representative, senator, leader, member of the OR that you can. We were supposed to be able to count on Ohio's Republican leadership. That's why this is a red state, to stand up for constituents. But with what Larry Obhoff did, clearly uh, we were wrong. Joining us now to talk about perhaps remedying that situation is Ohio State Representative John Becker, Ohio Senate, or excuse me, yeah, uh, Ohio District 65. Representative Becker, good to talk to you. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks for inviting me on the program. It's a pleasure. Um, were, were you one of the co-sponsors of uh, Senate Bill 1? Uh, let me think about that. So to be a co-sponsor of a Senate bill, the only opportunity to do that is either in committee, and uh, I think that did go through state and local. Now I'm thinking about it, I think I did sign on as a co-sponsor. I'd have to verify okay. that, so I may have been, or you can co-sponsor it on the House floor. Yeah, the procedural part of this is kind of odd, because I kept seeing this referred to as sub-Senate Bill 1, and I'm not it, quite quite sure what that means from a procedural standpoint. Well, I just mean just a substitute bill. So when when a bill gets um, so a bill gets introduced, typically it'll go through a series of amendments. When those amendments get to the point where you must just write a new bill, then it's called a sub bill at that point. But it's just an amended it. bill. Got it. The only reason I was asking about whether or not you were part of the sponsorship is because it was so important and it was so fantastic that Ohio's House representatives got together, uh, particularly Republicans, and voted to indeed pass it and to limit and restrict the powers of the Ohio health director to um, obviously uh, uh, you know, say that her orders are not orders, but they are advisories. And if they want to be extended past 14 days, they would have to go through JCAR, the bipartisan uh, committee, uh, uh, committee of, uh, of the House. Senate and their house. So it was a fantastic thing that it passed, and I know you were pleased with that. So if you were pleased with that, I'm guessing you were as angry as I was that Senate President Obhoff, during a non-voting session, unilaterally declared this unilaterally declared this would not come up for a vote. Well, the Senate President does have that power, uh, just like the Speaker of the House does. They they have uh, you know dictatorial powers for the most part over their uh, over their chambers. I mean, they can stop anything uh, from going to the floor that they choose to. Uh, of course, they can't make anything pass. The votes have to be there, but they can mm-hmm. certainly control what goes on the agenda. Regarding Senate Bill 1, I wasn't all that enthusiastic about the bill. It didn't make the orders advisory. I mean, I did vote for it. I may have co-sponsored it, mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't have any teeth at it. it and, uh, it, you know, the orders would be mandatory. They would just be reviewed after 14 days by by a, uh, a, a joint uh, committee. And at that point, the orders would either be uh, rescinded or, or would continue. 
So it didn't, and it didn't uh, impact the current orders. So it was just going forward. So the bill was pretty lightweight, and the, and the governor still uh, promised a veto. I, I did a bill called uh, House Bill 618. Uh, it's called uh, Need Ohio Working Now. That bill has some teeth on it. it. It removed all of the current orders, made them advisory, and said those if those if any orders, current or future orders, have the force of law, they have to be first approved by the General Assembly. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and we can talk more about that particular bill, but the reason I wanted to focus on one is because it did pass, and maybe that's why it passed, is because it wasn't quite as heavy or as toothy, if you will, since you're using that phrasing, uh, as as yours, um, and it did pass, it, although it needed two more votes, obviously, to be, you know, to be veto-proof or to have uh, the ability to override, but the Senate didn't even take it up. I mean, certainly if they wouldn't even take up a lighter version of what you're talking about, they were not going to take up if your bill had passed. So let me ask you how does your bill and senate bill one how do they compare to the one senate bill 311 that was just introduced by uh, uh two state senators republican senators on wednesday well i yeah 311 just came out i really i have not looked at it i just saw kind of some headlines on it so i don't have the details on it talking to one of those co- or one of those sponsors of the bill would be the best thing to do but my understanding is actually pretty similar to uh to the bill i did in the house 618 yeah yeah, it, it it appears that way to me too because it does pretty much rescind any order that is is, is existing right now. And if this passes, uh, it would go into effect immediately upon passage, rather than after ninety days, because obviously time is of the essence here. Yeah. So let let, let let me ask you this, uh, well, Representative Becker. did the same thing. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Kind of why I said it, they they seem very similar. Uh, now I don't know. You know, this is this is obviously a step by the two senators, uh, Rogner, if I'm saying her name correctly, Ro- uh, and, Rogner. Rogner, thank you, and uh, Macaulay. Uh, this is obviously a slapback at Abhoff. I mean, because it just literally, you know, a day after Abhoff essentially, or half a day after Abhoff said, we're not going to take up Senate Bill 1 for a vote, they said, okay, here's a better version of it. What are you going to do about this one? Um, clearly, there is some dissatisfaction in the Ohio Republican Party and Republican par- uh, Party members in the General Assembly with the Senate president. Well, that could be, and I don't know what's going on with uh, you know the, the politics inside the Senate chamber. I could speak to that inside the House chamber, but my mm-hmm. guess is this was not intended as a slapback at, uh, at at President Abhoff. It's a matter of you know any individual senator, just like any individual House member, you know has the the right to write any bill that they want and, and get that introduced and get a bill number and. And, uh, you know, at least get it on record. it's not just coincidence, is it, that literally a half a day after uh, Abhoff makes that late night, Tuesday night announcement that we're not voting on this, that the next day here comes a bill that is actually stronger than this that, of course, could be voted upon? I mean, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm very frustrated, you know, Representative Becker, and I know I know millions of Ohioans feel the same way about what is being done to keep our state closed down and this really slow rollout of, hey, we can eat outside this week and maybe we can eat inside in some places next week. Um, it's not good enough for people because this state is in an economic emergency. Well, uh, yeah, no, no question about it. And, and, you know, that bill, you know, nobody puts a bill together in, in 24 hours, t- typically. You know, so it was probably well thought out over a period of, of weeks, if not months. Now, it could have been that they were just sitting on it, waiting for the right timing. Yep. And then just decided, uh, you know, yesterday was the time to move forward on it. That's, that's very possible. Yeah, well, and the right timing, of course, is right after Abhoff said Senate Bill 1 isn't going to get a, get a, get a look-see by anybody in the Senate. So let me ask you, um, you've been critical, as has Bill Seitz, Candace Keller, and a whole number of other Ohio representatives of Governor DeWine, and more specifically of his health director's orders, um, which seem to defy science. 
you know, they said we're going to start with the science here. We've got to follow the science, follow the science. And because of the threat of this virus and how many people it could kill and how our, our health care system could be overwhelmed, um, we, have to, we have to shut down the state for 15 days. And then it became for 45 days. And then we extended it for another 30 days. Um, we never ever got anywhere near the numbers that they predicted. So rather than now following the science, which says it's not nearly as deadly, um, we're still in this terrible, terrible state. So you've been very critical of the governor. Are you still feeling... Uh, are you still have that same mindset that we need to open up all of Ohio right now? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, when, when this all first started and this argument was about, uh, you know, overwhelming the health care system, as you pointed out, that made sense to me. I thought, yeah, I get that. I get that. Now, does that give you the, the right to, uh, you know, does that give the governor the, the, the right to uh, suspend the Constitution, declare martial law, and, and, and say you're under house arrest? Well, no, but at least it does make sense. There was an argument for it. You know, under you know, for for you know, over with the concerns of overwhelming the healthcare system. Well, now those concerns no longer exist. I mean, we're clearly on the downside of the curve. There is no longer a risk of overwhelming the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, to to say there's this argument to continue to keep Ohio under house arrest under penalty of uh, you know, 90 days in jail and a and a uh, was a $750 fine, yep. I think, is, is a, a second degree misdemeanor to continue that. You know, it, you know that you can't leave your house unless you have a pre-approved government permission slip. Which is which is out on their web website the the, the uh, exceptions to the uh, to the uh, the house arrest order, you know. So this is crazy. Yeah, they, they, I think you know the governor has gone way too far for way too long. All this needs to be reversed and now. Yeah, and I know you've been vocal about that, and uh, and of course this is why I wanted to bring you on and talk about Senate Bill One, which would have taken some steps toward limiting their ability to do this again, and certainly in your bill uh, to to end that order right now. Um, so, can I ask you this? Um, Governor DeWine has been very, very defensive of his health director and her decisions against any criticism that comes her way. He continues to say that is out of bounds because she's not elected. I was elected, so the buck stops with me. Okay, fine. But all of the orders have her name on them. Um, is, is Amy Acton running this policy, do you believe? Or, and, and if so, how do you feel about that, given the fact that we elected a conservative Republican governor, we thought, who is allowing a liberal Democrat, Obama-supporting, Planned Parenthood-funding, uh, late-term abortionist, Democrat health director to establish Ohio's policy for him? Well, you know, something I've always appreciated about, uh, about Mike DeWine is his uh, pro-life uh, position, something he's always been passionate about. So I'm trying to square that with uh, why he appointed Amy Acton. That remains a mystery, mystery to me, and I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, is, is she the one running the, the state, or is he? Well, you know, I'd say the answer is kind of both. Because, you know, I'm thinking back when I was a child, you know, my mother said, you know, when you go to the doctor, you have to file doctor, or follow doctor's orders. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess as an adult, I realized, well, you know, <laughs> doctors make recommendations. I'm the one who makes the decisions. Well, I think uh, Governor DeWine is sitting there thinking, well, you know, well, the doctor, in this case, Dr. Acton, she's given orders that we have to do this and we have to do that. And the governor's saying, well, you have to follow doctor's orders, so that's what we're going to do. So, you know, uh, you know I, I agree with what the governor is saying, that the buck stops with him, and he is the one that's fully and ultimately responsible, and the focus should be on him. I don't blame really Dr. Acton for this, for her, her, her actions. She's doing what she thinks is best as a health director. She's not in charge of the economy. She's not in charge of the state. She's only in charge of the health directives for the Department of Health, 
and the governor has to approve all of this, at least with a wink and a nod, before she's right. going to do any of it. So I really don't hold her responsible for this. He is the one I hold responsible. I hold her responsible for her ineptitude, though, because she was so wrong from the very beginning, declaring back on March 12th that 100,000 Ohioans were already infected, and then saying we were going to peak and we're going to have 90,000, 98,000 a week, and then 67,000, and then 1,600, and on down and down. She was just wrong every step of the way. But two things in response to what you just said, Representative John Becker. Number one, you're right. I'm with you. I don't know how he chose her. But moreover, I don't know how 31 Ohio, uh, 31 Ohio uh, senators approved her. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing. She was confirmed by 31 Ohio senators and, and no, no, uh, no votes. And she was only, by the way, and I found this very strange. And tell me if you do. She was not appointed to that position at the time of the other DeWine cabinet uh, positions were filled. This wasn't until February, shortly before all of this began, and the orders started to come from her that that she was actually uh, confirmed. She was appointed and confirmed in late February, which is right before all of this started. Does that seem odd to you, that timing? Uh, Bob, I'm sorry, I just don't know. You'd have to get a senator on on the line and and find out what goes on in the Senate when it comes to appointments. I I really have no idea. Okay, I'm I'm talking more about his decision to choose her and when he did. Uh, You know, DeWine's decision to do this, because it was very strange that this the the position of Ohio Health Director sat vacant for a while, and then in late February he appoints her, she is passed quickly, and then soon she starts throwing all of these orders around. I just find that very bizarre. Yeah, I was not aware of those details of that history. Okay, got it. Thank you for that. And then the second follow-up to that is, as it pertains to her being, um, you know, only concerned with health, she's not part of the economy, and that is very true. Um, and and the fact that I loved your analogy, Mom says, you know, listen to the doctor, do what the doctor says. There are a lot of doctors in this state, and many state, or excuse me, county boards of health have asked Governor DeWine, and I read the one from the Ashland Board of Commissioners saying, hey, you know, we have health directors here too, and we have health professionals here on our board of health. We have zero cases in the hospital we have zero deaths in ashland county can you let our doctors make some decisions here why don't you because you know one size doesn't fit all what's happening in cincinnati or columbus may not be happening in ashland county or in lucas county or x county um wouldn't it be smart to let other doctors have a say in this too well, you know, you're absolutely right, and and that kind of gets into the, the the beauty of uh, House Bill 618, where I had that in mind. What the local health departments can do, they have a lot of power. So if the state, you know, if Amy Acton, if they were doing absolutely nothing, which uh, would, frankly I think would be best, uh, you know, the individual county health departments could uh, make decisions for their individual, you know, parts of the state. So it could be on a on a regional or county by county basis, shutting things down. And House Bill six eighteen continued to allow that. The only thing they can't do is something stupid like shut down an election the night before. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great point. And so let me ask you about six eighteen then, because it's not getting much play. One was passed. Senate, Senate Bill one was passed. Uh, Three eleven has been introduced. Uh, tell me about your six six eighteen. Where does it stand? Does it have support? Oh, it it has. Oh gosh, I want to say about fourteen co sponsors. So, you know, every every member, of, you know, all 99 members of the Ohio House had the opportunity to sign on as co-sponsor. It floated around for, uh, I don't know, maybe about a week before I, I, I got a, a bill number on it. And it, um, it got assigned, uh, I think, just yesterday to the state and local uh, government committee. And, uh, and I'm sitting on that committee, so that's a good thing. And um, so it's a wait. It's just, just waiting for the the chairman then to uh, call it up for its first hearing. So it's still in play. Uh, is it is it likely to generate enough support to pass the way one did, based uh, on your no. based on your own conversations with colleagues on in the house? I, I would say it's got zero chance. 
Zero chance. Okay. And what about 311, the one that was just introduced on the Senate side? Do you, are, is it going to be similar because they are similar in language? Uh, my guess is his chances are the same. Very frustrating, which means we're going to continue to be uh, at the at the mercy of the Ohio De- Director of Health, Department of Health. Well, yeah. Well, the governor has promised to veto anything. You got, you know, the, the Republican General Assembly who, you know, doesn't want to stand up to the governor for various reasons because, you know, the governor has to sign the bill. So, you know, yep. we have to be nice to the governor and everybody has to be friendly, blah, blah, blah. Then you got people that are in their, their last term, people like me, that are term limited out. And a lot of people like me, unlike me, however, uh, you know, want jobs in the administration. So you have to kiss up the governor to get a job. Obviously, I'm not in that category. Right. No, you're not. And that's why I respect you. And that's why I have been coming down on Obhoff and others who are essentially doing just that, kissing up to the governor. Kissing up to the governor because they don't have uh, they don't have post-term plans and they're looking for judicial appointments or appointments in the administration or whatever uh, for their next paycheck. And they are willing to sell out the people's representation, uh, even when the state of Ohio's economy is being destroyed, all on the whims of a medical professional who has no concern whatsoever about that economy. So it's time for Ohio Republicans to stand up to the Republican governor or, uh, quite frankly, get the hell out of the way. And uh, I apologize for that language, but that, that's, that, that's what we're... Hell, we, we get, again, excuse me, I'm getting frustrated here. We, we gave the Republican Party and have for a long time control of the General Assembly for just these types of things when the people aren't being represented. We need you to step up and represent, and not nearly enough of them are doing that. So uh, well, I, appreci- Bob, I, I appreciate you I doing gotta- I got a bad feeling that's going to change in January because uh, the Democrats are in a great position here where they can, you know, they're they're all wearing face masks, uh, you know, in Columbus and they're claiming, you know, how they care about the people. And I'm sure they do. And, and, and you know, in health concerns, uh, you know, however, you know, keeping the economy shut down just plays into their hands because when November co- rolls around and the economy's in shambles and you got record unemployment and, and we're cutting the budget left and right, the Democrats have to say, hey, Step up and, you know, the Republicans are the ones who destroyed the economy. You need to vote for us so we can increase the minimum wage and increase all the social programs. We can raise taxes on the rich and blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. And, then, and, of course, you know, increase, you know, remove all those restrictions on abortion and, you know, increase gun control and, and uh you know, get rid of all those semi The, la- the uh, latter part on. of your statement. Yeah, I think the latter part of your statement is the correct one. They don't care about public health. They care about doing exactly what you just said, keeping the economy shut down, keeping it uh, in, in a shambles, and then saying we're the ones to fix it, put us in power, and then they'll, they'll adopt all of those things. Uh, yeah, it has I, I, nothing it, to do with public health. It's, it's great politics for the Democrats. No question about it. Representative John Becker, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I hope we can talk again. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. 9.53, time out. Back after this. Okay, 9.58. Now, a short segment here before the top of the hour. <clears throat> After the top of the hour, we will talk to Dr. Everett Piper. We'll get a little bit broader and more national in scope about what is going on uh, in the uh, fight against the COVID-19 virus. And more importantly, in my view, or eh, let's be fair, as importantly, in my view, the fight against um, dictators, tyrannical little authoritarian leaders who think they know what is best for everybody else as it pertains to their health and as it pertains to the level of risk that they are willing to take in order to feed families, uh, work jobs, open businesses, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I put something online yesterday because it just struck me as I continue to sit here and listen to the mumbling lab coat tell me what's best for me and tell everybody else what's best for them and how we have to find a cure for this virus. And and, and nothing is going to be normal until we find a cure. As they move the goalposts again and again and again, 
It just struck me. I didn't elect you, Dr. Labcoat, and I didn't vote for Mike DeWine. I did vote for him, but I didn't vote for him for this reason, to monitor my health for me. You understand that? Never in my life have I voted for a candidate for office to keep germs away from me. Never. I've never thought to myself, which one is going to be able to best keep germs away from me? I vote for candidates that I believe will protect my constitutional rights. I vote for candidates that provide infrastructure through our own tax dollars, by the way, but they organize the infrastructure that will allow me to live and to work in a manner of my choosing. Keeping myself healthy, deciding what risks I will take with my health, that's my job. That's my job. To say that people can't go about their lives and live their lives because they might inhale or touch or become infected by something that could kill them, if it were applied to all areas of our lives, it would be devastating. Coal miners know. Coal miners know that no matter what they wear on their face, they're going to inhale a certain amount of coal dust. And it's going to pollute their lungs, and it's probably going to shorten their lives. By the model provided by Governor Acton and her assistant Mike DeWine, coal mines should be shut down. Because people may, based upon a risk of their own choosing, they may become infected with a terrible disease or suffer from a terrible disease, lung disease, brought on by their actions in those coal mines. Can't allow that to happen. I didn't ask you to keep me safe from disease. I asked you to provide the infrastructure with my tax dollars to allow me to live and work in a manner of my choosing. Stop trying to be my doctor. Amy Acton, stop trying to be my Dr. Mike DeWine. You leave my health and my ability and my willingness to risk my health to me. You just provide for my constitutional rights and get out of my way. News time now. Dr. Piper next.